Grace, mercy, and a peace be to you. From God, our Heavenly Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. My sermon is based on the gospel lesson for today. In particular, from verse 20 forward, And he rose and came to his father, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this my son was dead and is alive again. and He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. This is our text. It's been a long time since I have been back here. I was baptized here in this congregation. Not this particular building, it wasn't even standing yet. And I remained a member until my ordination out in Idaho. But it is good to be back. Along the way, as I was going through seminary, I had a couple of opportunities to preach here. One was down at the beach when you were having beach services. Do you still have those? And another was here in a pulpit similar to this. But a lot of things have changed since then. For instance, technology has changed. Back in the day when uh, we were conducting services here, we didn't have these wireless microphones. You had a microphone with a cord about a half mile long that you drug along with you as you were conducting services. And the building has changed even since I was here last. You could get to the pastor's office back there, and that's where I robed up when I, I served here, uh, preaching for uh, Pastor Markshausen while he was on vacation. He's the pastor I re remember the most. He was uh, quite an artistic fellow. The uh, uh, cross that I'm wearing today, it's Luther's emblem. He made this. He was, uh, I don't know how many of them he made. I have one marked number two, and his name is on the bottom of it. I still wear it uh, occasionally, mostly on Reformation Day. I thought I would uh, wear that also uh, being with you here this morning. Some things have not changed, however. As I arrived here last night, I asked Pastor Gerke if there was a Bible in the pulpit. You'd think there'd be a Bible in the pulpit, wouldn't you? But it was missing. He didn't have one here. And I found that also to be true when I was preaching here one time. 
And that was important because the sermon that I had prepared didn't, wasn't based on the lessons that you typically have printed in your worship folders. But I hadn't looked in the pulpit. I just assumed there would be a Bible in a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod pulpit. Who knew? So as the sermon hymn was being sung, I scurried up a little early into the pulpit. And uh, uh, what, are you showing them that there's Bibles over there? Uh, okay. Well, that didn't exist when I was here. Yes, I, I, I know that. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, but uh, I got into the pulpit early because I knew I'd at least have to find my place in the Bible that I assumed would be in the pulpit. I put my microphone on. I started looking around for a Bible. I didn't find one. And I thought, what am I going to do? I mean, I can't do the sermon without the text. And I hadn't had the text typed out in my sermon. So I started to go back to the pastor's office. Surely the pastor's office would have a Bible. And I got back about here and had this choking sensation. I hadn't taken the microphone off. The cord began to <laughs> tighten up. And the sermon, which normally it would have taken me 15 minutes to deliver. only took five minutes that evening. <laughs> so I have a lot of memories, wonderful memories of this place. The text for today, the parable of the prodigal son, prompts us to ask the question, how do we see ourselves? Well, this young man in our parable was a son. He didn't see himself that way at the beginning of the parable. The language that he used with his father and the request that he made was in that culture and that time really tantamount to wishing your father dead. The older son should have beat him up. He didn't. And the father should have rejected the request. But he didn't. He gave his son his freedom and the inheritance to go along with it. He was a selfish brat. Though he was a son, he didn't see himself that way. Like we often don't see ourselves properly in God's sight either. You know, God from all eternity was family. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's a mystery how there are three and yet one, but... They are. And a family rooted in an amazing love. Each with their own respective roles. 
The Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Holy Spirit. Yet, one God. And God created us in his image. He created us for families. He created us to love and to cherish one another. Not to just be selfishly rooted in seeking self-pleasure. This prodigal son, as he's known, was wicked. Because he didn't see himself as he was made to be. And he goes off and he lives in defiance of what he is. And he reaped what ignoring who you are reaps. Oh, for a while it was fun. But soon the money ran out. A famine came along. The friends that he thought he had were probably also wrapped up in worrying about themselves. They had no time to worry about him. He found himself starving, and the only work he could find was feeding pigs. And for a Jew, uh, feeding pigs is about as low as you can get. He knew, or at least believed, that based on what he had done to his own family, he couldn't go back and be welcomed as a son. But he thought perhaps he could at least be a servant. Being a servant in his father's household was certainly better than what he was experiencing now. So he determines to go back home humbled, not to try to be a son again, but just to be a servant. But as he draws near, his father sees him from a long way off. And he runs up and embraces him and kisses him. And the son says to him, and this is a little different than the way he was thinking before, even when he was returning home. He doesn't even claim to be a servant or ask it of his father. When he sees how compassionate his father is and considers how horrible he was to his family, he simply falls on his knees and says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He doesn't believe he can ask anything the Father. And that's how often we are. 
I, a poor, miserable sinner. Now, there's a question I would like to ask at this point of you that's very important. I'd like you to think very carefully about it. How many of you in some way can speak of yourself as being perfect? Please answer by just simply raising your hand. Well, okay, their hands are up. If you're sitting behind my wife, you might have saw her hand getting up. Hmm, that's an interesting way of thinking about yourself. There's no way you can see yourself or speak of yourself as being perfect. You know, this young man in the parable, he couldn't see himself as a son. But his father did. I am no longer worthy to be called your son, but the father said to, to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. What was important was not how the son saw himself, but how the father saw him. Now let me ask you another question. How many of you here this morning have been baptized? Raise your hands. Very good. You can raise your hands. That's wonderful. Now do you remember what God did to you in your baptism? He washed away your sins and... Let me test the two pastors up here. When God washes away sin in baptism, how many sins does he wash away? I'll let him answer since I answered last. Okay. Very good. God washes away all of them. Now, let me try the first question again. Is there some way in which you can speak of yourself as being perfect? Raise your hand. Yeah, if you were baptized, you can speak of yourself in some way. <clears throat> what other way is important? You can speak of yourself as being perfect. Because that's how the Father sees you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's how the Father sees you in your baptism. Oh, there's lots of ways in which we aren't perfect, but they don't matter. It's how God sees you. That's what matters. That's what matters when you wake up in the morning. Now, you, know, you could have had a very bad week, made lots of mistakes, failed many times, and maybe when you wake up in the morning and you, you take that first glance in the mirror to brush your teeth, you go, yuck. But if God were on the other side of that mirror and he were looking at you, what would he be thinking? Well, I can tell you based on scripture. 
He'd say, there you are, my beautiful child. Go out, have a great day. Forget about what's gone on in the past. Your sins are forgiven. And yeah, there's going to be challenges, but I am going to be there with you every step of the way. Now, Pastor Gerke said he starts out his day every day like that. I don't, no, Pastor Dan, not, not so much. Isn't that a better way to start your day? But you know, most people don't start their days that way. Because we don't see ourselves the way God sees us. That's why being in the Word and in the sacrament. That's why regular worship is so critical in people's lives. Because your boss isn't going to see you that way. You're not going to be taught that's what you are in school, at least not in public schools. The world is there to beat you down and to teach you a different vision of yourself. And most people believe about themselves what the world, the devil, and our own sinful flesh says. Word and sacrament. It's the one place we find out what we really are. as God designed us and as God redeemed us to be through our Lord and Savior Jesus. And when you see what you really are, it changes your life. From now on, when you start your day and all throughout the day, don't believe what the world says, the devil says, or even your own sinful flesh. Believe about yourself what the Father says through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And also recognize that most people are clueless about what the Father says about them. And their lives are miserable. Because they don't know what we know. That in some way, in the only way that is important, we are perfect. We are children of God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't you forget that? And tell the world that that's what they are. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Jesus. Amen.